0: i kind of wish you didn't know when i hit record that way i could just hit record and then you could like be saying something really embarrassing and i'd just be like <laughs> i'll leave that in
1: what was what does Squilliam say in spongebob oh no no uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking of uh i'm thinking of patrick what he doesn't know is that it's his yeah. <laughs> picture from
0: the christmas party <laughs> i thought you were thinking of what uh Squidward thinks of Squilliam, where he's like, just think of him in his underwear. Oh no, he's
1: hot! (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mandalorian After Show show. I'm Brady, he's Ryan, thanks for joining us. How you doing, Ryan?
0: Good, I'm not crying, you're crying. Nobody's (laughs) crying, it's just the allergies
1: Dave Filoni is just like the best guy
0: ever ever we just love him he's an American treasure he's so
1: awesome
0: (laughs) now I'm saying that in a sarcastic tone but I believe that to the very bottom of my heart what I just said oh my
1: gosh yeah
0: did you cry though are you a big baby did you tear up
1: All right. I think Bryce Dallas
0: Howard did.
1: I'm. (laughs) I she got chills. You know, she even showed her arm off. Uh, No, I, I, I'm man enough to admit this: that uh, maybe one of my eyes, maybe the left or one of the right uh, eyes, one of the right. It's like I have three right eyes. No, uh, either my left (laughs) or right. One of your
0: three right eyes. Just either one's good. Just pick either one of those. They kind of teared up a little bit.
1: Yeah, one of my eyes got a little misty in it i'm one of your three
0: it. right eyes but none of your seven left eyes got even the least bit teary eyes so <laughs> you're not <laughs> a complete no, sissy
1: it was a great moment there at the end and we're definitely going to talk about that but uh absolutely I think we got some other stuff we want to talk about but hey welcome to the mandalorian after show show we are reviewing the uh, behind the scenes series for the mandalorian called disney gallery the mandalorian such a clever title star and, uh,
0: wars the mandalorian brady uh, it's even longer than you said
1: yeah star wars the Mandalorian, episode two legacy. attack of the menace but uh, <laughs>
0: Very nice. Very nice. Very good there.
1: Yeah, so thank you for joining us. We are so happy to be doing this. And uh, yeah, Ryan, this episode was called Legacy. And uh, I think that was a good... This was a great episode. I don't know about you. It was. I, I enjoyed this episode almost 10 times more than I enjoyed the first one.
0: <laughs> I did. And ironically, it really had a very little to do with the actual making of the show the nitty-gritty yeah. that i talked about that i wanted but i did enjoy this it was basically just kind of going around to these different people the directors some of the um, behind the scenes people that you never you never see um who have made an impact on star wars not only in mandalorian but in other stuff and i uh, just kind of talking about you know what they bloody liked about star wars and i i enjoy that quite a lot quite frankly yeah
1: yeah, I did, too. You know, it, I, I wrote this down. It was kind of like, uh, you know, I think we've all heard the story and the history and the legacy of Star Wars being told for decades now. I uh, highly recommend you check out the uh, documentary called Empire of Dreams. It is hands down one of the best behind the scenes and just uh, st- it's the history of star Wars explained. And it's really good. Uh, but you know, we've heard this history and this legacy as the title of this episode is called of star Wars before, but we had never really heard from a non George Lucas angle. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but this is, this is different. These are the kids yeah. who grew up watching star Wars now getting to make star Wars. And we get to hear what they think of this thing that we all love uh, we get to hear their angle on it and i think that's really cool
0: (laughs) exactly you know some sometimes star wars is one of those things that has impacted a lot of people. And sometimes I'm kind of a cynic at heart when I'm watching a behind-the-scenes thing and they're like, I love Star Wars. It was like a big moment for me in the theater. I remember thinking, how did they make the Star Destroyer look real? I'm like, you're just just talking. You don't really mean it. Um, And I think that's true in some behind-the-scenes cases when you talk to some filmmakers. Um, Star Wars has impacted people on multiple levels. You can like it a little bit or you can like it a lot. Yeah. Enough to do a podcast about it even yeah so um but i feel like there's kind of a genuineness to this show and i think it comes down to the people that are uh in the decision-making uh positions floney favreau and uh even <sighs> I hate to say this even kathleen kennedy says so hey you, br- you brought up <laughs> my uh, next point
1: right there uh, you know i i'm a big cynic too man and you know I think as a a fan with such uh, strong feelings about this franchise that I love, you know, I don't necessarily agree with some of the decisions Kathy Kennedy has made. And so while I was sitting here watching this episode, you know, within the first five minutes, you know, they kind of got that roundtable discussion going between Filoni. John Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy, John Knoll, who is a genius, just a ton of, you know, icons in Star Wars. And I was sitting there and Favreau goes like, all right, let's go around the table and name one of just the many inventions and ideas Mm -hmm. that George Lucas came up with. And they were going around the table and uh, I forgot who it was, but somebody said, well, I know this is kind of broad, but Jurassic Park, uh, that was just such yeah. a huge game changer for the visual effects industry. And I can't help but get cracked up because the next shot was of Kathleen Kennedy's face. And it, I just couldn't help but think uh, in her mind she was going, crud, that was going to be mine no. <laughs> because she couldn't <laughs> think of a specific one. But here I am. Yeah. Being a jerk to Kathleen Kennedy, but I I wrote this down. I I can't do that, you know. Even though I don't agree with every decision she's made in her tenure at Lucasfilm, she she is a part of the Star Wars story. She's a part of the Lucasfilm sure. story, and um, I think she, you know in other aspects and other roles she's had, she's done an outstanding job, and she's a legendary movie producer. And you know, um, I, you know what she, I she's a part is- of the story. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know what I've always found fascinating about Star Wars is that a lot of times when something comes out, whether it's a uh, a book or, and this is not always a hard and fast rule what I'm about to say, but when something comes out that is considered a classic, it almost is, it takes time for people to almost catch up and be like, whoa, Shakespeare actually was a good writer. You know, I mean, Shakespeare <laughs> never knew that. I mean, he would be shocked, you know, that people... Uh, you know, regard his works. Cause he wasn't considered that way when he was alive. And there are lots of pretty much any artist before the, you know, 1800s, probably anyway, I'm getting off track. Basically what I'm saying is it takes time for kind of things to, for people to realize, wow, this is a classic, but for star Wars, what's always struck me is that it's almost immediate. I mean, immediate, yeah. uh, like while you're still witnessing it in the theaters, a lot of times people will say, uh, you know, you know, with the Death Star Trench run or, or, or when, you know, uh, the trash compactor scene or something, that's when it, it hit me. And it's like, why you're experiencing it, you know, this is different. And, uh, I just have always found that fascinating that it didn't take time for Star Wars to ruminate or like to, uh, for like word to spread. Whoa, this is amazing. It was like instantaneous and, uh, it changed things literally while it was still being played for the very first time. Um, and, and it was like one of those turning points in, in history, not just cinema history where like everything was different after, you know, May, 1977 uh, movie industry was different. Everything changed. So yeah. I, I've always found that kind of fascinating about star Wars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it was uh Walter Cronkite who said, you know, the history of man will now be forever changed. It will be the time before man walked on the moon and the time man, uh, after man walked yeah. on the moon i could almost equate that to star wars a little bit and i mean that sincerely no uh, i know what you mean the world forever changed whenever uh, star wars entered into it and like i said before it's just it was just so interesting to hear everybody's point of view of how they came into um working in the industry and how they came into contact with star wars and i think it was sure. really cool hell uh john favreau he said you know when i when i got into star wars as a kid and uh we got that awesome picture of him wearing his football pants little <laughs> kid that was pretty cool <laughs>
0: looks exactly the same now i can still recognize that face
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> he you know he said he was kind of a kid when he came into star wars and by the time uh the prequels got here uh he was an adult and had moved yeah. on to other things you know he mentioned yep. mad max and uh, so yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. But, um, and exactly. it was kind of the same for everybody else. And I, I love the fact, um, that they mentioned the prequels and, you know, we've been reviewing the yeah. prequels over on the movie wasteland channel, uh, which by the way, are, uh, by the time this, uh, our episode two episode is out now. And our mm-hmm. episode three, uh, review should be out fairly soon. Uh, so yes. be on the lookout for that. But, uh, yeah, it was just neat hearing him say, you know, those kids who in 1999 through 2005, who uh, they were our age when we were watching Star Wars back in the 70s and 80s. And, yep. you know, it's it's a whole new generation. That just got me excited thinking, you know, maybe 20, 15, uh, 15 or 20 years from now, heck, it may not even be that long. But our generation who grew up watching those movies, They're going to be making stuff like this. They're going to be making shows like this. And we're going to be saying how, uh, you know, these movies got us inspired by Star Wars and brought us into Star Wars. And I don't know. It was just kind of a cool
0: thought. Absolutely. And, you know, I liked we kind of got a different everybody kind of talked about their maybe first impression of star Wars. And I'm, I guess I m- meant to bring this up to you at the beginning, so I don't mean to spring it on you, but do you remember the first star Wars movie you saw Brady? Yes, I do. Like which one it was. And do you have like your kind of first experience with star Wars? Was it like a positive one? Was it like it, my it, world has changed now? Or <laughs> what? do you remember that?
1: Um, It, I don't ever remember it being a, Oh my gosh my whole life has changed now kind of moment, but I do remember it being like mind blowing that I could love a movie so much. Um, it was yeah. actually with you, Ryan, my first star Wars really? experience. Yes, what movie was it? It was when we were kids, we were at our grandparents' house and okay. you brought over on VHS, your <laughs> original trilogy. And um, you, I I was a little little guy probably only three at the time but <laughs> i clearly vividly remember watching on tv the battle of hoth it was the empire yeah Ridgeback that i that was the first star wars movie i saw and the nice battle of hoth to this day is probably my favorite star wars moments um i it to me it just in it it inspired my love of movies more than anything else Um, and after that point I was hooked Um, and so that was kind of my first experience with Star Wars Uh, what about you? Um,
0: So my first experience so I have a cousin on my dad's side of the family and he was really into Star Wars he's several years older than me and he had so many Star Wars toys and action figures and he had the ATAT walkers he had the he had the snow speeders, he had the millennium Falcon and I didn't know what star Wars was, but I just, all I knew was that these cool, these toys were the coolest things I'd ever seen in my life. And so I got to playing with the toys and I, I think a lot of people's introduction is through the toys, honestly. Um, Yeah. And, and you, I would play with the toys and the stormtroopers just everything about them just looked cool. Even in toy form. And uh, sometime after that, I, he was like, "No, these are movies, dude." I was like, "What?" And uh, so i I was very young. I don't physically remember the watching the very first one. I know I was probably around three or so, or younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was around three when I saw it, and I think it was um, a New Hope. And uh, yeah, I was, I was. Neck deep into it, man. I uh, never had a toy collection quite as big as he did, but I've got a. I still got him. I've, I've got a pretty, hey. got a pretty extensive toy collection. I, I'm not gonna lie. Hey, <laughs> I,
1: I, I have never gotten rid of any of my Star Wars toys, and I never will.
0: Me either i've still got all my star wars legos and everything too yeah it's yeah and uh but you know and and i was obsessed with the prequels and everything and uh we'll get to it whenever we do our revenge of the sith but i was that was a huge moment for me seeing that in theaters and uh kind of after that i was really into it but i had kind of not i didn't never really fell away um but i i just kind of I didn't watch it as often as I used to. I, I wasn't as interested as I once was. And uh, ironically enough, it was the, a couple of years later in 2008 when the uh, uh, Clone Wars movie came out. Yeah. Uh, that was a tie in to the show, which, you know, in retrospect, that movie is not, is not it's great. It's terrible. <laughs> and, um, and it's probably the worst of whatever they produced. But I saw that in theaters, man. And I went and saw it and I was like, I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. There was, there's a scene at the beginning where they like the clone troopers are, um, you know, there's like like a a battle. Yeah. There, there's like a battle in like a city. And, uh, I was like, it was like right at the beginning. I thought, Wow this is awesome and I actually saw it twice in theaters because I'm like this is cool and that's kind of actually what got me so Dave Filoni is kind of what got me really back into Star Wars never really totally fell out of it but um I was kind of like mm, I'm into skateboarding and stuff you know it was just kind of like one of those <laughs> one of those idiot kids and and uh and ironically I don't skate anymore and I am into Star Wars more than I ever have been
1: <laughs> yeah so you know, that's kind of yeah. I had somewhat of a similar story. I never fully fell away from Star Wars. Um, however, I do remember being a kid. And, you know, being a kid in the early 2000s, man, it it was still of that time period where if you like Star Wars and superheroes and comic books, I was basically a closet nerd. <laughs> it basically what yeah. I was. So I it wasn't, wasn't very, cool yet. It wasn't yeah. cool to like those things yet. And so I, I just kind of kept it to myself. Of course, I was like every red-blooded little boy out there. I played baseball, played sports and stuff, uh, enjoyed mm-hmm. sports and stuff. But my real love was for movies and for Star Wars. And I loved superheroes and comic books. And um, that that's w- where... My love was, and you know, as time went on, as um, uh, you know, uh, Star Wars came to the forefront and movies started to explode, I to me, it's kind of weird. The Avengers, the first Avengers movie, is kind of like where I put a turning point in my life because that's uh, kind of when in my life it, it finally hit me that, like, hey, it doesn't matter, um. Uh-huh. Uh, what everybody thinks because they're all loving this stuff too you've loved it for years so you can now be open and honest about the way uh, you love this kind of stuff and so that really in 2012 that's kind of when I was like hey I love Star Wars I love comic books and I don't care what anybody thinks
0: (laughs) exactly exactly well thanks for kind of sharing that on the fly because I feel like you know everybody's got a different kind of introduction to it but uh there's kind of a similar thread in it as far as uh it touches something within you and uh even even at the best or the worst of times i would say in your life it can still reawaken that kind of childlike wonder in you so yeah, yeah. interesting stuff though but are we gonna talk about Dave filoni yet because i'm yes talking that a bit <laughs> that was my next thing all right um,
1: i was gonna bring up and uh of filoni my gosh, what a wonderful guy. Um, he had the last roughly 10 minutes of this episode is nothing but Dave Filoni breaking down the first six movies um, on the uh, started, fly. On he the didn't fly. have that written down. But man. you know what? Every single word of that was just oozing in the, from the heart, uh, from yeah. the heart of have uh, from the heart of himself and coming from the mouth of George Lucas. I'm sure, or uh, I'm sure of because absolutely the the way he breaks down those first six movies i haven't heard that in years i know i've heard it before you know george has tried to explain that all before but the way dave filoni does it in this episode my gosh it it was just so nice to hear that and it 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 was he he even got like uh, what's the right word not upset but like he he could fit you could feel it. his voice started cracking towards the end there and yeah it was just so Look, amazing to hear i
0: i have never ever heard a better more concise thoughtful breakdown of the whole saga or like first six films ever i feel like that encapsulates it perfectly i couldn't have yes. said it better myself and you know and it came it, there's there it reveals so much nuance and i'm like oh yeah and we've said it before i'm like this guy gets star Wars and without knowing exactly why you can just feel like there's something about this guy. He just understands the world and blah, blah, blah. But that perfectly encapsulates what we've been talking about all this time when we yeah. say he understands. And so I thought that was fantastic.
1: Yeah. And so and if
0: anybody ever is like, Oh, I don't understand why you like them. Just be like, I'm just going to play this little <laughs> 10 minute segment and be like, that's why that's, that's why. why.
1: Um, I I specifically like the part um, about what he said about uh, what George told him. Look, you know, I'm leaving uh, kind of the Star Wars um, part of my life now, and I'm handing it Mm -hmm. off to you. Just make sure no matter what, you inspire hope, especially to kids, because kids need hope. And that really stuck with me for some reason. Me too. I don't know
0: why either, but yeah.
1: And I started thinking about it. When you're a kid, the world is such a huge, terrifying place. And, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking back to when you and I were kids, um, you know, uh, probably the most um, the biggest event in our lives that did more to, uh, you know, shape who we are as kids and now adults. I, I just think back to 9-11 and how scary mm-hmm. a time that was. Uh, You know, here we are going off to war and it, it, it was a scary time. And it's very scary as a kid to see your parents worried, to see everybody around you worried, to know that something is wrong and you can't do anything about it. And I think that's one of the things I love about the prequels, because even though it's a story of a downfall of a character, if you look closely throughout all three movies, there is hope within all of that. Um, Absolutely. even, Even episode two, which ends on a dour note, there is hope at the end of that because you have Anakin and Padme, um, who, whose love is there. And, uh, you know, while the galaxy is marching off to war, we have love between two characters who are now willing to admit it to each other. Now, obviously part of that plays into the downfall of the character of Anakin, but once again, their love, uh, still, uh, went on to, bring hope to the galaxy because out of their love In the form of luke, luke, and and luke and leia yeah. yes and um you know that's just kind of my um example coming from somebody who grew up watching the prequels and of that time um you know and then there's yep. all sorts of hope amongst the original trilogy as well but yeah going back to dave filoni that that is the best breakdown of star wars i could ever say and or, i know and i could I know. ever hear and uh, you know, not to diminish what he said or anything, but did you happen to think while you heard that, man, you know, he's specifically talking about those six movies. I wonder what he thinks about the latest three movies. I
0: absolutely <laughs> thought that. At 100% I was thinking that because in some ways, and I don't want to get too deep into it because I know we will eventually in the movie Wasteland, but in some ways, some of the things that happen in those uh, kind of take away from what happens in the first six. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, it's time funny you will said be. That I absolutely
1: thought that time will be the ultimate judge on how those three, uh, sure, th- the three recent uh, episodic movies are perceived. But yeah, I think I, I, it
0: will I, go a lot like what the way the prequels have in you know 15, 20 I years. I hope so.
1: I honestly hope so. Um, because the the way the prequels sure. have come around. Uh, you know that generation our generation has grown up and now the prequels are now being beloved and beloved and beloved more and more every single year which is great there's always going to be people who don't like them but you know what that's star wars
0: (laughs) well you know and it's hard to to remember how divisive the prequels were at the time Yeah, Um, just because there's a new thing now that's more divisive so we kind of like well the prequels aren't as new so we'll focus on the new thing that's divisive but uh, i thought it was interesting too filoni did say he was like look when i we were finally seeing in the prequels in episode one all these things we had kind of imagined it wasn't the way i literally went from it was he
1: literally went from the end battle between qui-gon obi-wan and maul all the way to return of the jedi in the span of five minutes Mm-hmm. And I went in the span of 5 minutes from being like, "Oh wow, that's really clever to, oh my gosh, this guy understands Star Wars better than anybody yep. other than George Lucas."
0: Yes. And uh look, I I think he's very involved, but man, it is a it will be a crime if he is not heavily heavily involved in everything going forward at least. They
1: I, have got to look I I I I don't think he needs to be the head of Lucasfilm per se um, because that is a job. That's that's an executive position, and yeah. you do need an executive in that role. Uh, however, I don't know if you have
0: to. I think you can groom somebody. I don't know if he has the desire to do that, but man. However,
1: yeah. he, without a doubt, needs to be the head creative officer. Every creative decision that, needs to, that goes through Lucasfilm has to go through Dave Filoni. He is the filter yeah that we need and that one five to seven minute clip at the end of this episode proves it right there this guy understands everything about star wars um yeah so and
0: i will just say this just to kind of put a button on this we're focusing on dave Filoni for good reason but uh john favreau said some good stuff in this absolutely uh, episode too and i think this guy uh i think he gets it um uh not not to compare people but you know, not to say better or worse, but I think he gets it every bit as much as, um, Floney does in many ways. And, um, you know, this is a guy who's making many creative decisions in Mandalorian. And, um, we love that show and feel that it captures the spirit of what Star Wars is, mm-hmm. uh, to a great extent. And so, um, he deserves some, uh, you know, he's, he's, I'm glad they have him in that position is what I'm, absolutely, what I'm kind of getting to there. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that kind of wraps up our talk about this episode called Legacy, unless you had something to add, Ryan. I don't want to speak. No,
0: no, I, I that him. was kind of <laughs> that was that was the main thing right there was just talking about felony So, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you know, I, I started thinking about this and I, I should have texted you, <laughs> giving you a little bit of leeway. Um, But I told you before we started this episode, hey uh while watching this episode of the behind the scenes thing uh, called the legacy it got me thinking about the legacy of Star Wars um mm-hmm. and, and who would be on that Mount Rushmore of Star Wars and I know this is kind of sp- being sprung on you but who are the four people Ryan if you got any names who would be on your Mount Rushmore of Star Wars
0: so are you looking for creatives um more behind the scenes people are you looking for actors and stuff too or just well, people I, who have advanced just, star wars or
1: i'll just i'll just share with you mine these are the people who i think have been the heralds of star wars and who okay. have been um uh, the biggest uh reasons of why we even have star wars so number one obviously for me on the mount rushmore star wars is george lucas um, I have a
0: problem with that selection, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> Number two, uh, I have Frank Oz. Okay. Number three, I have Alan Ladd Jr. If you don't know who Alan Ladd Jr. is, and uh, I, I just highly recommend you read about what all he did to get Star Wars made. He, mm-hmm. other than George Lucas himself, he is probably the biggest reason why we are so lucky and blessed to have Star Wars right now. Yeah and then uh number four without a doubt uh john williams has to be on there as well ah so george lucas frank oz john williams and alan ladd jr
0: okay um that's interesting so mine are a little bit different um but they're all in the creative sense so obviously george lucas i would probably put just this off the top of my head i'd put probably ralph mcquarrie on there oh yeah um, that's a concept Uh, concept artist and uh, was highly influential in getting star wars made in the first place many of his designs made it into the film pretty much anything you see that's star warsy because came from his mind i would say probably ben burt just because of all the sounds that he's made and created yes um and john williams is who i would also say as well so, uh, um, yeah, that's just all kind of, of off them... the top of my head, but Hey, it's hard to narrow it down to four. You think four and you're like, how am I going to fill that four out? But, uh, <laughs> you said a couple of people that I hadn't even thought of. So, um, that's interesting. And even sitting here reciting mine, I'm like, I could have probably put him in too. So yeah, yeah. that's a fascinating question though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious. I know I sprung that on you at the last second, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know uh, if
0: I would have come up with a different list though, if I had had like two weeks, honestly, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs>
1: well hey that's good to know but uh anyway uh, that kind of wraps up our review of episode two of the behind the scenes series disney gallery the Mandalorian star wars the mandalorian <laughs>
0: episode season one episode two legacy <laughs> <sighs> i need my inhaler <laughs> but yeah uh, <laughs> exactly
1: well anyway thank you for listening on the movie uh i almost screwed it up there on the yeah. mandalorian after show show one day you'll get it (laughs) i know we got two podcast channels that start with m ryan so give me a. that's too many to keep up with (laughs) uh but be sure to check out our series we're doing right now over on the movie wasteland it's our other podcast channel it is called summer of star wars every single week uh we're reviewing star wars uh over the course of the summer all 11 movies and uh yeah we're having a ton of fun our episode two attack the clones review is out now be on the lookout for our next review revenge of the sith and also be on the lookout right here on the mandalorian channel for our next review of uh episode three the behind the scenes series so ryan you got anything to add buddy nope (laughs) (laughs) hey you missed a chance there you could have said Misa no think so Um, (laughs) oh
0: next time next Next time time. (laughs) next time baby Iron Man that would have brought it all back together with the prequels and everything dang it
1: (laughs) yeah that would now that I think about it but uh, anyway thank you for joining us we'll see you next time right here on the Mandalorian after show show may the force be with you you ever have a dream that you think is like so real that you know when you wake up you thought yeah it was real and you know that kind of feeling and yeah
0: oh absolutely <laughs> we've been ever... married multiple times brady in my dreams <laughs> then woke up and like oh crap